Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by Fivo. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. And I am very excited to welcome back to the show NFL Network's Colleen Wolf. Also, happens to be one of, if not the biggest Philadelphia Eagles fan <laughs> I know. So, wanted to bring her on the show because there's a pretty big game on Sunday. Colleen, welcome back. Thanks, Tracy. What a week it's going to be. I'm so excited for this game. Um, and yes, my heart will be in it too, which makes it a little more complicated. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I mean, I think we do have the top two teams in the NFC for those of you who may not know, except I don't think that's any of you, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast, but the San Francisco 49ers will be traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles in the NFC championship game. Like I said, I do believe these are the two best teams in the NFC. I actually think in the AFC championship, we're getting the two best teams in the AFC, the chiefs and the Bengals, but that is a conversation for a different day because we have a big game on Sunday Played in Philadelphia actually looks like the high is going to be 53 degrees, which I feel like in Philadelphia in January is unbelievable. Oh my gosh. It's a gift from God. Like you have no idea. Usually January is absolutely freezing and I cannot wait because I'm going to Philadelphia. So I'll be there for the game. I'll be there in the parking lot beforehand for NFL network. And I was looking at the weather because I'm like, what kind of jacket am I going to need for this situation? Uh, I was just in Buffalo last weekend and it actually was not that cold in Buffalo either because I had done a bunch of really freezing, cold, bone chilling games. Uh, I went on this like string where I was in Buffalo before and it was a snow game. And then I was in Pittsburgh when they played the Raiders on Christmas Eve. And there were, it was like the night before was like negative. It felt like negative 28 degrees. So, um, when I got to Buffalo last week and it was 35 degrees, it felt like Maui. It was so nice. I couldn't even get over it. And, you know, being in LA for the most part, I should be pretty soft at this point, but I feel like those couple of games really built me up. And so now to see that this game is going to be in the fifties, are you kidding me? I mean, this is great news. Basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. It is, and it's funny, I was packing this week as well because I'm, I'm between L.A. and the Bay, and so I'm obviously in the Bay now for practice this week, and then I'll go to Philadelphia from here. And when I was packing for the week, I was like, oh, it's going to be such different climates, but actually not so bad. And I was like, what am I going to wear on game day? I'm going to have to bring my heaviest coat. And I'm like, oh, not so bad. Uh, I have a coat that I refer to lovingly as my Green Bay coat. <laughs> and I was like, I wonder if my Green Bay coat is going to have to come with me. But 
It did not. So that is nice. It is currently on the day we're recording this in the 60s and sunny in Santa Clara, but at least it won't be that big a drop for San Francisco. But, you know, I think that's cool. I mean, maybe the football gods also think this is going to be a great game and are smiling upon us and don't want weather to be a factor. But (laughs) let's jump in to the nitty gritty. Actually, first, Colleen, I know you grew up in the area, but can you talk a little bit just about being a Philly, uh, an Eagle, I was going to say Phillies, being an Eagles fan growing up, you may be a Phillies fan too. I am a Phillies fan Eagles, too. <laughs> you can talk about all the fandom, but being an Eagles fan and kind of what it means now with the franchise, obviously won the Super Bowl a few years ago, a couple tough years, and now to be back in this position, kind of what it feels like for you as a fan. You know, it's really interesting because back in 2017, when the Eagles went to the NFC title game against the Vikings, it had a very different feel because that was the first time it felt like in so long that the Eagles had made it back. And they were also underdogs, like super underdogs. Nobody believed in them and they played into it. And teams do this every single year. They're always all, every team wants to be the underdog so they can kind of use it Uh to their advantage. But that year, the Eagles actually were. They had Nick Foles at quarterback. Carson Wentz uh, was having an MVP year, and then he got hurt. And so they were not supposed to win any of those games, especially in the playoffs and especially against the Vikings at that point when they had a really good defense. And the Eagles just completely shut them down. And so the city was going insane, going wild. Um, and so this year, it's a little different just because the Eagles have been so good all season long. And as the NFC's one seed, it was kind of expected for them to get this far. And if they didn't, it would have been a disappointment. And of course there was everything that came with the concern over Jalen Hurts's shoulder. And no one really knew how these injuries, especially on the offensive line with like Lane Johnson, how those things would play into uh, how the Eagles are doing. But at this point it's kind of like, okay, it's just a way different feeling in Philly and I am going to get on a plane tomorrow and go there. But of course all of the Eagles fans are doing their Eagles fan thing. And I love it. It's, um, it's very like my favorite times of year in the city are when the sports teams are doing well. Like when the Phillies (laughs) went to the world series, the, the city completely turns into a different place. Like it really is. Everyone comes out, everyone's smiling. Like this just normally doesn't happen as a baseline. Everyone's pretty angry. Um, pretty just like annoyed all the time. And when the sports teams are doing well, it's like a weight has been lifted. So it's a good time to be an Eagles fan. And it's a great time to be a Niners fan too. Well, and it's funny when you talk about that Nick Foles year, it's different because I think San Francisco really it was expected to be here in terms of everything they have on this team, but at quarterback, as we know, they're now on their third quarterback. And I've thought about that with Nick Foles in that year. And like, well, maybe, maybe Brock Purdy is this year's Nick, Nick Foles. He has obviously a number of weapons to throw to and a great defense on the other side of the ball. But sometimes I do think about that, but it is a good time to be a Niners fan. They're just churning out quarterbacks here. Uh, but I think they're on their last one. So they're going to need him to stay, stay healthy. So let's look into this. Let's start, actually, let's start on defense. And if you could just talk a little bit about the Eagles defense, defensive line, that 49ers interior of the offensive line is going to have its hands full, but the entire offensive line is going to have its hands full. And I think Brock Purdy got a taste of it with Dallas and that defense, because obviously a very strong defense, but I think it's going to be even a tougher matchup on Sunday against the Eagles. 
Yeah. And honestly, it is so impressive the way that Kyle Shanahan has dealt with all of the different quarterback changes and the way that he's put Brock Purdy in such a good position to succeed with the way that he uses Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. And not to mention the fact that the Niners got Christian McCaffrey, like that was such a game changer for this offense and now for Brock Purdy in hindsight. But yes, these two teams, I think outside, if you take the quarterback out of the equation, these two teams really mirror each other. They both have really incredible defensive fronts. They both have really stout offensive lines. They both have wonderful run games too. So I think that I mean, I'm just, I'm so interested to see how both of these defenses stack up against the offenses. And when you look at Brock Purdy going up against this Eagles defense, I mean, this is, this is such a huge matchup because the Eagles led the NFL with 70 sacks. Hassan Reddick has been so good this year. What an amazing pickup for Howie Roseman. He had a career best 16 sacks this season. And then you have guys like Javon Hargrave and Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham, who they each finished with double digit sacks. And so there are playmakers at every single level on this defense, but especially along that defensive front. And I also think about Brock Purdy, not playing many road games either this year. I think about hostile environments that he's been in and Seattle definitely comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not sure Vegas was a real hostile environment and Philly will absolutely be. I think home field advantage is a really big deal in this situation. Um, I'm happy that it's not the late game because I would be worried for everyone in Philadelphia, if you gave Philadelphia fans an entire day to prepare for this. Um, but it's, uh, that would be a lot. Fence in general for the Eagles. I love that they picked up James Bradbury and the game that he had last week against the giants, a nice little revenge game for him. And it's just been a really, really good steady year for, Jonathan Gannon's whole crew. And I think that they did a good job shutting down the run last week, obviously with Saquon Barkley, but it's just the depth that they have and that really fierce pass rush. And you mentioned uh, Trent Williams, or you mentioned the Niners offensive line, how good they are. And that left tackle Trent Williams is maybe one of the best in the league, but it's tough because maybe his biggest competition is on the Eagles roster. And so it's really, it's a great, it's a great offensive line for Brock Purdy in this situation. Uh, and the fact that both of these teams are one win away from going to the Super Bowl just speaks volumes of what a successful season it was for both teams. Well, and it's funny when you mentioned that Seattle game, because that week the 49ers, you know, went in, it was a Thursday night game, short rest. Brock Purdy was hurt that game, went into a hostile environment, but they practiced you know, hot, loud, silent counts and making everything a little bit louder. And Kyle Shanahan said on Wednesday that one of the things he said at the time is it will be helpful this week and it could be helpful in the playoffs, especially if we end up in Philly. So here they are ending up in Philly. And so that's <laughs> something they're going to continue with this week. But I think that experience so was very valuable for Brock, Brock Purdy. But you're right. He hasn't had much of a hostile environment, though. It, it is funny with him. There just doesn't seem to be much that rattles him and so either he is like the world's greatest actor or he really <laughs> is this chill and I'm going I'm going to go with the latter no offense to his acting skills I mean I've never seen him act but I mean he really I'm going to go with the latter because it has been 
kind of amazing. And, you, and when you talk about Trent Williams and his biggest competition being on the Eagles, it goes back to what you said. These teams really do mirror each other. They are built so similarly. And that, I think, is what's going to make it for a very fun, probably a very nerve-wracking game for fans of both teams, but a very fun and very good football team. So you had mentioned some of the 49ers offensive weapons. Of course, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey. That trade was a literal game changer for this offense. We were seeing it, you know, before Jimmy Garoppolo went down, Jimmy Garoppolo, who I felt at the time was playing probably the best football of his career. And I think part of that was Christian McCaffrey. And he's been so incredible. I mean, really in Brock Purdy's first game, when he came in against Miami, they gave that ball to Christian McCaffrey a lot. And I think that was invaluable and letting Brock kind of settle in, you know, and like, we'll just keep giving the ball to Christian and then get letting Brock settle in. But this 49ers offense obviously has tremendous playmakers. You have Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, who was limited in practice on Wednesday. Uh, this obviously coming out Friday, but limited in practice on Wednesday, his ankle was sore. He said he will be on the field Sunday. And I have no doubt that's true. We saw George Kittle make maybe one of the more incredible catches. Oh my God. That was wild. <laughs> like was watching that wild. in slow-mo was one of my favorite things to do yesterday. I watched it so many times we did, uh, we had it on one of our shows and we had so many different angles and they were all in slow-mo. And every time I watched it, it just somehow became more impressive. And it was funny. Brock Purdy said after the game, he was like, I mean, it looked like he was bobbling that thing for 10 seconds. I was like, dude, catch it. (laughs) You know, George said that it was, he was being dramatic for television, but that was an incredible catch. So then of course you have George Kittle, you have their third down secret weapon and Jawan Jennings. And there, there is a lot of talent and then, of course, Elijah Mitchell. I mean, Elijah Mitchell would be the number one running back on pretty much any team and was the number one running back on this team until Christian McCaffrey came along. So they really have so much firepower. But again, that Philadelphia defense is so, so good. So let's go to the other side. Let's talk well, about wait, wait, this wait, wait, wait. I, I have oh, no, put on this. Hold on. <laughs> because I think that... all what you want. Because I think that that is one area that could be an advantage for the Niners, the run game, especially with Christian McCaffrey and all the different things they can do. I was wondering, though, I wanted to ask you first um, about Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey's injuries. Like, I know that they're they're expected to play and that Kyle Shanahan seemed to play the injuries down. But is that the, the sense that you're getting to? Yes, that's definitely the sense that I'm getting. Uh, We are recording this Wednesday. So by the time this comes out, we may know a little bit more and perhaps I'll have done an update at the beginning if I feel we need one. But I get the sense that everyone's going to play. He said that he expected everyone on the Wednesday injury report, except for Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, to be available on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So I think they're just being super, super cautious. Same with like Debo Samuel's ankle is sore that's something they're being cautious on Christian McCaffrey with the calf, something they're being very cautious on the Elijah Mitchell groin situation is kind of an interesting one, but it Mm -hmm. feels again, like something they're being very cautious with, but I would be very, 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 and I'm going to add in one more, very surprised if all three of them are not playing on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, it, 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 to get to this point in the season and not be injured, uh, like th- that would be impressive. Like I think that every single team is dealing with their own injuries, both NFC and AFC, obviously with Patrick Mahomes dealing with his thing. Um, but his high ankle sprain. But I think though, one of the interesting angles of this 
matchup, the Eagles run defense, like they got better towards the end of the season, but they're still susceptible to allowing bunches of yards and and teams can really kind of put up different, different types of runs on them. And I think the interior line for the Eagles, that's going to be such a crucial part of this game. And the veterans that they acquired, Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue, I mean, they're going to have to be absolutely stellar in this game. And then they're going to need guys like TJ Edwards and Kazir white on the outside, just to tackle and close space really quick. But I think that that could be one area that the Niners could get them. Absolutely. And it's such an important area for them because on, on Sunday against the Cowboys, that was someplace where the four hours really struggled in the first half. And it really wasn't until George Kittle's catch that, that the offense turned around. And so that is an area where they're going to want to capitalize because as we all are very well aware, the 49ers offense success is predicated on the run game and how it goes, how goes the Niners. And I think it's also going to be incredibly important for Brock Purdy as poised and confident and as impressive as he has been. He is a seventh round rookie draft pick who is starting in the NFC championship game on the road in a hostile environment. They're going to need the run game to come out doing well <laughs> They're going to, mm-hmm. to get everybody mm-hmm. settled They're going to be able to run the ball. And so I think that is something that they will capitalize on. And I think if there is, as you said earlier, any place where the four ers do have an advantage it is in the offensive weapons and where I think, you know, the Eagles have an advantage is both defenses are, defenses are incredible, but the Eagles maybe have a little bit more, I don't know if star power is the right word or whatever it is along the defensive line. Um, mm-hmm. to have, you know, multiple people with double digit sacks says a lot. So maybe it is star power. We'll go with that. Why not? Love uh, it. To, you know, yeah. Why not? It says a lot. So I agree with you that that is a place that I think is going to be very important in terms of the run. And I have no doubt that Kyle Shanahan is going to scheme the, you know what, out of that. So I think that that'll be something to watch, but I want, I want to talk a little bit about the Eagles offense. And then I want to talk QB v QB and coach v coach. So that's just to give everybody an idea of what we have coming, but let's talk about, you know, the Eagles offense and what you guys are, what the Eagles have at their disposal, because it's not as if their offensive weapons are exactly not amazing. Right. And I think that one area that, um, will obviously be an issue come Sunday, the running game and the Eagles, they do so much with the running game because they have so many different types of players with different styles at the running back position, like Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Um, you have Kenneth Gainwell. And then obviously when you add in Jalen hurts on the designed quarterback runs, they have a lot, but this is, this is such an incredible front that the Niners have D'Amico Ryan's does such a great job with how aggressive this unit plays, how disciplined they are as well. Um, but I think that the Niners that's they, this is absolutely the best run defense that the Eagles have faced all season long. So I'm not sure how much, um, just how productive that they'll be able to be here. So they're going to have to rely on guys like AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. And I think too, that, you know, they're going to have opportunities on the outside, especially when you, when you figure that Dallas Goddard, he's going to be keeping guys honest as well across the middle. And I just, I'm not sure. I don't know a ton about, um, the Amador Lenore. Is that how you say it? Is that, am I saying yeah, this correctly? Yep. Uh, yeah, Amador Lenore. 
first of all, I just love his name. Um, uh, <laughs> but I don't know a ton about him. Obviously I know a little bit about Javarius Ward, but those are matchups that I'm absolutely watching. Well, I would say if there is a weakness on the 49ers defense, it is at the cornerback position. Mm-hmm. Traverius Ward has been having an incredible season and has been playing at a high level. But I would say the last couple weeks against Seattle was probably his worst game of the season. Um, and I think 49ers kind of hope maybe he got that one out of his system. Sunday against Dallas was certainly better but maybe not to the level that we were used to seeing from him. And then with Diamond Lenore, it's interesting. You know, he came in in week five, replacing Emmanuel Mosley, which was a huge loss for San Francisco. And he played well. Then he kind of struggled a little bit and was up and down. And then he's played better. He's had interceptions in his last, in each of the playoff games, which has been certainly helpful and, and a big deal. But with him, it's just kind of, there's not as much consistency yet. And he's a second year player. He wasn't active at all during the playoffs last year. And his, his rookie year, he came on kind of strong in the beginning, played well actually against Philadelphia <laughs> last year in week two. And then a, a number of things happened that kind of put him on the back burner. He, like I said, he wasn't active in the playoffs last year. So now he's been getting a lot of reps and a lot of experience. So you're just not seeing quite the consistency that I think the 49ers eventually want to see from him. So I would say that is a place where the Eagles can certainly capitalize. And then I think a headline is Nick Bosa going up against Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata because they move him around so much. And clearly he is such a superstar on this defense. He's the front runner to win NFL defensive player of the year. And he leads the league in sacks at this point. And, you know, I think that I like the way that they use him on both sides. So Lane Johnson and Mailata, they're going to have to, deal with him all game long. And Johnson, as you know, he's still dealing with the torn tendon in his groin. And so that's going to eventually lead him to surgery. And when I watched him in that giants game, it wasn't a totally smooth ride for him. Like he was definitely limited. He was definitely playing through pain, but he also played very well through that pain, allowing zero sacks and zero quarterback pressures. And that's a, you know, that, that is not nothing against that Giants front. So how Lane Johnson kind of um, responds here over these next few days and how he shows up in this game are a huge, such a huge storyline. Absolutely. And groin injuries, are they're a tough one, <laughs> as, as we all well know. I think about that with Elijah Mitchell. We were talking earlier, you just, you know, pushing off everything. Like that is, that is a tough one. So it, it will see. I think the fact that it won't be freezing may be helpful for, for them in that yeah. regard and for <laughs> generally but that is a that is a tough injury and something certainly worth keeping an eye on and you mentioned earlier Jalen Hurts's mobility and I want to talk about that because that is an area where the 49ers defense for years not just not just this season but for years they have had a little bit of trouble with mobile quarterbacks and so I'm interested to see kind of how much of that the Eagles put in the game plan because I think it's another area where they can take advantage yeah I I mean I think that we should see a lot of that because that would be that would be an advantage for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, I just don't know how limited he will be, how much they will move him around. I mean, I think his shoulder looked absolutely fine to me against the Giants, especially when he uh, unfurled that like furious forty yard bomb down the field to Devonta Smith on the opening drive. It's like, okay, I think his shoulder looks just fine. 
Um, but Hertz was even lowering his shoulder into defenders at times, which mm-hmm. I was thinking, maybe not, maybe don't do that. Um, coming off a shoulder injury, but having that O line protecting him the way that they do is huge. Last week, Jason Kelsey put number 71's head like straight up in his armpit and then just took him for a ride. Like it was just kind of beautiful to see And the interior of this offensive line is so, so good. They were especially good last week against Dexter, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, zero quarterback pressures, no run stuffs. I mean, it's, this is going to be such a physical matchup for both teams because they are so similar on the offensive line and the defensive line. So you have the presumptive MVP at quarterback for the Eagles, and then you have Brock Purdy. And I think the a big thing for San Francisco will be, is there a point? I mean, you'd think at some point Brock Purdy is going to have a bad game. He had a tough start against Seattle. The first half against Dallas was not amazing, but he recovered mm-hmm. and he got it done. Definitely got the job done. So I kind of think, you know, this is going to be interesting to see. And like I said early in this podcast, he seems unflappable and confident and and so poised. But this is going to be different. I don't imagine him being a disaster by any means. But I think the big thing is going to be, of course, and this is always the case in most games and certainly in the playoffs, is who does a better job of taking care of the football. Mm-hmm. And if Brock Purdy can continue not to make mistakes, not throw interceptions, this one, I have such a hard time with this matchup because I'm like these, like we've talked about, these teams are so similar and it's just, it's very tough to predict. And sometimes I have a sense of how a game is going to go. And on this one, I just, I really don't have any sense of exactly what's going to happen. And I think it's because they are, like we said, there's so much parity between the two of them. So that is going to be fun, but let's talk one more minute or a few more minutes about the head coaches. You have Nick Sirianni, Kyle Shanahan. I give this advantage a slight advantage to San Francisco, but I'm taking nothing away from Nick Sirianni and obviously the job he has done with this team. Yeah, I really respect the way that Kyle Shanahan coaches. I think he's one of the best play callers in the entire NFL. And much like these two teams mirror each other, with the players, I think their staffs kind of do too, because they have, they both have young staffs for the most part. And I think that's like really important, especially for young players to be able to like identify with their coaching staff. And then also for the coaching staff to really keep their finger on the pulse of all the different trends and the way that the league is moving and to not be too stuck maybe in their own ways. Um, but I think that Nick Sirianni is, he's a funny coach. He gives you a lot of funny quotes. He says a lot of crazy (laughs) things. He reminds me sometimes a little bit of like a Jersey shore bro. And I say that with love because I love the Jersey shore, but it it is like, I just think about when he first was hired and that introductory press conference was such a painful listen. And he went on like, look at where they've been. It's kind of crazy to, to see how far they've come. And then even from last year, because last season was not supposed to be a playoff year for the Eagles, a new head coach, you had Jalen hurts starting as the quarterback. And that was, that was surprising that they got that far. Now, once they got to the wild card round and played the Bucks, it was a disaster. And I tried to erase that game from my memory, but now (laughs) 
all of the success they had this season and getting that number one seed. And now they're here one win away from going to Arizona for the Super Bowl. That really speaks volumes to the success of this coaching staff and the connection that they have with the team. And on the 49ers side, you have Kyle Shanahan, as we have talked about and has been well-documented on his third quarterback. And I think what's been so impressive is, as you said earlier, he's really put him in such a position to succeed. And I think that's been really fun to watch. Kyle Shannon also seems to trust Brock Purdy in a way that I have never seen him trust a quarterback. And that's taking nothing away from the talent and success and ability of the other quarterbacks. But he really trusts Brock Purdy. And he smiles when he talks about Brock Purdy. And it's just been fun. It's been kind of fun to watch that. And then, of course, you mentioned D'Amico Ryans. And the 49ers defensive front, for as good as they've been, they've also dealt with a myriad of injuries throughout the year. And no matter who is in there, they managed to get the job done and play in an extremely high level. And so that is a credit to the coaching staff. So we now come to this part of the podcast where... I don't even know. I like to do game predictions, but I don't even know that I'm going to do that to either of us because this one's a tough one to predict. I know. I haven't even thought about a score yet, but I know it's going to be a low score and it's going to come down to one possession. Like, and it wouldn't surprise me if it ended up even going to overtime. You know what? I agree with you a hundred percent on all counts. So you guys, there's our game prediction. We're going to overtime. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God for the new overtime rules in the playoffs. Yes, exactly. Thank God for that. But it, it's going to be a nail biter. I recommend that 49ers and Eagles fans do some serious breath work and meditation this weekend because I think Sunday is going to be a very nerve wracking, nail biting game. Uh, but I'm excited, Colleen, that you'll be there. I'll be there too. So you guys make sure you're following us. Colleen, tell everybody where to find you on social and of course on NFL Network. On Instagram at Colleen Wolf. Maybe there's a TikTok that happens, but I wouldn't count on it. So who knows? But I might get crazy. <laughs> How about this? If we run into each other down on the field or in the press box or anything, maybe we'll do a little tech TikTok for the people. Okay, perfect. Love it. They'll, that'll be something to look forward to, guys. But no guarantees, and we may change our mind. And that's what I think that's my <laughs> I like that's my waiver, basically. <laughs> yes. Uh you guys. If you like what you heard, and I know that you did, please make sure to give us five stars. Leave a review. You can follow me on Twitter at 49ersFangirl, on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. We are brought to you by Fivo. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, you guys, enjoy Championship Sunday. It's going to be a great one. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.